You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 71. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, welcome back to Heart Food Podcast, and thank you so much as always for tuning in to this episode. Um, I'm particularly excited to be recording this week and this episode because as you might have noticed, we have missed the last two weeks. And you know, when I started this podcast a while ago, 70 episodes ago, so 70 weeks ago, I really made a commitment that I would never miss an episode. And we did great for 70 episodes and we never missed one. We were super consistent and I loved doing that. And I always thought, I never thought I would miss an episode. But with all of the wedding stuff that I had going on, I was not present fully for the podcast or for my work. And that's okay. Like the reason that I'm an entrepreneur is because I am able to make my own schedule and I'm able to sort of be flexible. And there are certain times and seasons in life. And this little spiel right now isn't to really explain myself. It's just the thought process behind all of this and what I learned throughout this stuff. Because I had planned a launch for February. I had thought that I was going to work right up until my wedding. And I honestly, a year ago, I was not really into weddings. I did not want to have a large wedding. I did not, I wasn't really that interested in being like your typical bride. I'm so not a bridezilla. But as the wedding time approached, I began to get this feeling of happiness and joy and this like sparkly energy that I wanted to soak in and I wanted to be present for. And every time that I sat down to record a podcast, I wasn't present for it because I wanted to relish in that feeling that I had about getting married. And it was really unexpected to me. I never thought that I would feel that way, but it just felt so special. And like I said, like, sparkly and almost ethereal and surreal, like time is slowing down. And I just wanted to soak every moment of that up because it's only going to happen one time. And I was not present every time I would sit down to record. And that is not the type of episodes that, or those are not the type of episodes that I want to put out on this podcast. Every time that I sit down here and record whether it is in an interview or solo, like I'm doing right now, I am giving you my 100% 
undivided attention and I'm fully present with this microphone speaking from the heart to you, the listeners of this show. So I just wanted to sort of explain that and let you know that like if you take some time off, it is okay. Things are going to be there. It would have felt out of alignment for me to do that. And I understand like I could have batched episodes and uh, which I do, but even recording the intro just didn't feel good to me. And I didn't want it to feel weird when the listeners hear it. And we pride ourselves here on this show in making it authentic and real and vulnerable and super genuine. And I want to keep that going. So uh, this episode is going to be about my five greatest lessons that I've learned about love and romantic relationships fitting with my wedding weekend. And I just have to let you guys know that although I was not into weddings or any of that, and really just, you know, when Derek and I got engaged last February of 2018, we decided like, we're just going to have like 20 people at a restaurant and that's all we want to do. Like we really don't need anything else. And the happiest moment happened. He proposed and I said, yes, like that was the biggest thing for both of us and we were happy and my parents kept encouraging us to have a big party and to invite you know a lot of people and to have everybody that we care about in one room because it only happens once and my parents helped us financially for the wedding which we are super grateful for and Like I said, they encouraged us to invite their friends and our friends and family. And there were certain points throughout the planning when I did not want as many people to come. I wanted to keep it as small as possible. But after, and I was grateful that everybody came, of course. And after going through the entire experience, I cannot say how happy I am that it ended up that way. Um, We had the most magical and wonderful and amazing day. It just felt like a glow, a loving glow of gold was emanating from the venue. It felt so loving and so pure and just so much fun and everybody was in good spirits and we had so much fun and I, we had about 108 people and I got to talk to everybody there, like spend eye contact one-on-one, like speaking, not just like, hi, like conversation presence with every single person there, which I am really proud of looking back that I was able to do that and spend time with each person because usually brides, Um, if I think back to the weddings that I've been to, don't really do that. It's like you see her for two seconds and that's it. But I try to go to each and every guest and thank them for being there and have, you know, just talk with them and be normal and just like not even make it about me. Just like, hey, what's up? What's going on with you? How are you? And I just felt so much love and I was actually having a hard time before the wedding. Um, the night before the wedding, we had spent about a year planning, um, mainly my mother and I, because my mom has excellent taste. And she, it was, you know, my parents' first wedding of a daughter. I have one sister and I'm getting married first. And 
she helped me do the flowers and everything and to spend so much effort even though it was a seamless process it was still a lot of effort and a lot of money and i felt as an introvert highly sensitive person felt like it was a lot of pressure on me to be a certain way or act a certain way or i don't know all things that i had honestly just made up in my head nobody expects anything everyone's just happy to see you and to be with you if you're getting married that is the truth um but the night before i was out to dinner with two of my girlfriends and i cried at the dinner table just because i was so nervous and i i didn't know what to expect and it was really like i it wasn't like i did not want to go to the wedding it doesn't it wasn't like i didn't want to get married it was just coming from somebody who likes control even though I had heard, you know, all brides that I had talked to before people had been married saying that it was the best day of their life and everything. And it's just incredible. I didn't know what to expect because I had not been in that position before. And I just felt like, oh my God, like what if, I don't know, I was just having anxiety about the day, everybody looking at me and oh my God. And what if it's not great? And we, you know, spent all these resources for this one party. And oh my God, again, it's not like I did not want to have it. It was just not knowing what to expect and the uncertainty of it. Um, so I was really having a tough time before. And I went to bed in a hotel room that we had, um, you know, we had gotten a hotel room for two nights the night before the wedding for me and the wedding night, which was literally right next to our venue, um, which was like, I highly recommend doing that if you are somebody that's getting married at a venue with a hotel close by. It was just really easy to have it right there without you know having to transport there and back. But um, I was there alone the night before and I wanted to be there alone because, well, I wasn't there with Derek, obviously, because it's bad luck, but I wanted to just have the bed to myself and, you know, not worry about worry about somebody being next to me. I wanted to just wake up and be, um, you know, just have silence and be with my thoughts and everything. And I did have a hard time sleeping, but Derek texted me at 4.30 a.m., a little kiss emoji and I texted him back saying that I was awake and he was like oh I felt it I felt that you were awake and he couldn't sleep either so we were both just excited and anxious and then the moment that I woke up it was like I felt like Ross from Friends where he was like I'm getting married today woohoo like that whole thing I went and worked out with my training partner Britt who you guys you know have heard on this podcast and who I talk about she came, picked me up at 6.30 a.m., and we went and did a workout with the sunrise, and it was amazing, and then everybody came and got ready, and it was just good energy, and we ended up doing a first look, and we I didn't even know if Derek was at the venue after we all got ready, my mom, my sister, a couple of my friends, and my photographer said that she was going to go check if he was ready, and he was, and just seeing him there was so emotional for me seeing him there at our venue like there was a staircase there on the outside and seeing him there just standing there not talking to him all day was just a really emotional moment for me and then seeing him for the first time it just felt like the culmination of this relationship and this experience and I couldn't even make eye contact with my father without crying but then when the ceremony started 
everything was fine. Everything was just felt natural. And I was not nervous at all during the ceremony. It was beautiful. We had an amazing reverend and it was just incredible. So many flowers and joy and dancing and the food. We had a coffee bar and some s'mores desserts and some really nice food. And we had a croqueta cake and a normal cake. And it was just honestly so joyful. And I hope that once I get the pictures back that I can share them with you guys. Maybe I'll post them on my blog. But I really loved being a bride. I felt like a princess. I put extensions in my hair and I just felt really beautiful. And it felt really good that I did not dye it. And I talked about that a little bit on my Instagram today, but I didn't dye it at all. And I still felt amazing. I didn't restrict myself. I never felt hungry. And that was such a far cry from what I thought that it would be like thinking back to maybe 10 years ago, me thinking about getting me getting married and thinking like, oh, during that time, like I'm definitely going to be hungry all the time. Like that must be a prerequisite to fit into your wedding dress and to have this like perfect body. And that just could not have been further from the truth of my own experience of what I did. And I really attribute that to lifting and prioritizing muscle and pumping iron and lifting heavy. I highly recommend doing that. And just a little side note, um, I will be offering some sort of strength programming in the next six months. It's been a long time coming and many of you have asked me for it. Like, okay, you talk about this, but like, what do we actually do? And if we want to build muscle, if we want to feel great and maybe eat more, have a faster metabolism, how do I actually do that? I am going to write something for you guys that will be available to you every month. So just keep on the lookout for that in the next six months. Obviously, I'll keep you posted. Um, But we, both of us, you know, Derek and I, which this episode actually comes out on his birthday. um, So happy birthday. But um, we, he's going to listen to this. (laughs) That's why I said happy birthday um, as he edits it. But we felt so joyful and just so blissful being with each other. And I just was really reflecting back on our relationship. And I don't really talk a lot about our relationship. And that is on purpose. We are very private. Well, I'm not private because I spill everything to you guys. But he is very private. And our relationship, the specifics of our relationship is private. But I am really proud of where we are and how happy we are. And how I feel like he is my exact soulmate. And like we're two puzzle pieces that go exactly together. And we have a very healthy, very strong, very loving and funny and silly, respectful relationship. And he has really taught me a lot because before him, I had not had awesome relationships. They had been getting better, but... um, I had not had a lot of them and I was just sort of thinking back to like what changed why why now why what made this happen in my life at this moment for him to come in and we met on tinder by the way but I still believe that that was still like a divine timing sort of thing and I attribute it all to my self-worth and the fact that 
I did not have any self-worth before, which is why I was in, and when I say before, I mean like, you know, 15 years ago, uh, which is crazy to say, you know, 18, 19 years old to even maybe like 25 or 26. That's a long time. That's like eight years. You know, I was in a physically abusive relationship. I was in a verbally abusive relationship. I was in a relationship where the guy that I was dating that I was living with went to jail and I had to go bail him out. Um, He went to jail for uh, faking a prescription at Target and I was at Target and the police cops came up to me while I had like my card and I did not have a cell phone. My cell phone was broken at that time. Um, and I, the cops came up to me and said, like, we took him, this is where he's going to be. And I had to go bail him out. And I had never been exposed to like, I'm very, uh, I definitely grew up in a bubble, um, you know, and never had been exposed to any of that. And that was just very jarring for me, but I put up with it. And obviously he was doing like prescription pills. I was also with another drug addict and a drug dealer um, for a while. And like thinking back, I can't, I'm like speechless because thinking back to that is just so far removed from who I am right now. Um, And my relationships did get better after that, but I still didn't value myself And it was not until I spent time alone, two solid years alone, um, still dating here and there, like definitely nothing serious, but I really got to know myself and what I wanted. And I stopped and thought about like, why do I allow this shit in my life? Why do I put up with this crap from people? That's not really who I am inside. And I'm still putting up with that and letting people walk all over me and do these terrible things and put me in these very compromising situations that I don't deserve to be in because I don't want that. And I think that that's what it is. You have to say what you want and you have to write it down or tell somebody or believe it because that is the thing that really, I think, makes everything is believing that you deserve it and speaking what you want out loud and saying it and believing it over and over and over and over. Um, making a list, like elevating your self-worth to match what it is that you desire. Because if you are, and this was my case, if you are out there and you are looking for somebody to complete you or to fulfill you and make you happy, I don't think that that is healthy because that's what I always did. And then that ends up being this very like attachy, grabby, quote unquote, very passionate relationship that is very unhealthy. And that's what I had lived in for so long. Um, So I, I'm not like that anymore. And I ended up meeting this amazing man. And, you know, when we first met, it was not like fireworks at all. It was like, okay, this guy's really funny and he's so nice and we get along and we have a lot of stuff in common. I'll go out on another date with him. And it kind of just developed like that, like just instead of being like super passionate at the beginning, which is what I had been used to, like, you know, love at first sight, passion that would then fizzle immediately. This was like a slow buildup. And it probably took about a year and a half before I believed that he was the one. 
And I had expected, and obviously every relationship is different. And if you had an experience that is not like mine, obviously that's okay. Everyone has their own experiences um, that are true for them. And nobody knows what you feel with your person. And that's totally cool. But um, I had not um, experienced that sort of like same passion with Derek as I did with the other people initially. And again, it wasn't until about almost two years into the relationship, we had already been living together, um, that I thought like, wow, this guy is the one for me because he slowly showed me through his actions that he would be there for me, that I could trust him, that he was dependable. And on top of that, we have a strong chemistry with each other that developed over time and you know we get along and we're best friends and he makes me laugh and he understands me and I am not an easy person I'm a complicated person and he's more easygoing I'm more high strung he's more chill so we really balance each other out but there are a few things in relationships specifically romantic relationships that I have learned through him that he has taught me and I want to share those with you today because I feel like there is a lot of relationship advice out there and all of it is great but you know I just thinking about what makes our relationship amazing um, I boil it down to these few things and again he has taught me these things uh, because when I met him I was sort of a brat and I was very spoiled, especially in relationships. Like, I'm only going to do what I want to do. Everything's about me. I'm the princess and blah, blah, blah. And he taught me, like, that's not what a, that's not a healthy relationship uh, to, to be like that. And I attribute his presence in my life to becoming a better person and becoming the best version of myself. Um, he has just grounded me even more and I love him so much and it makes me so happy that we're married and if you're listening to this and you are single you know I apologize if you feel triggered by this hearing me talk about my wedding or hearing me talk about my relationship which even though it's amazing it is definitely not perfect we do yell at each other sometimes and we argue and we get into it with each other and that's okay too. That's part of relationships. We don't never disrespect each other, but of course we argue and we yell at each other sometimes. I mean, in close quarters, that's just what happens. But I want you to know that if you are out there wanting a relationship and it has not come to you, I want you to trust the timing of your life. And I want you to trust that anything that you desire can come to you 100%. But we have to trust the timing. Perhaps there is a lesson that you need to learn that you haven't learned yet. And you need to figure out what it is that you want. Or the person that's there that's for you is not ready yet. And the timing just isn't right. So I want you to trust the timing. I want you to trust that your love will come. Uh, These are things that I said to myself when I was single. And they all ended up coming true. So I want you to keep that in mind. And... I just wanted to give my insights about all of this. So the first lesson that I've learned is that a sacrifice is involved in relationships. Like I said, I was very bratty and thought that a man just would be like my, you know, that he would just do whatever I wanted all the time. And that didn't work with Derek. Uh, You know, I am close with my family. He's close with his family. So 
you know, in the past, it would be like, we're always with my family. That obviously did not work for him and rightly so. So I learned that, you know, sometimes you have to do things that, you know, I do love his family, but in general, you know, I don't like staying out late. I don't like being in loud places (laughs) with crowds, but he does. So some of those things, like I just have to sacrifice and because it makes him happy Um, and he sacrifices for me too. So I think there are certain sacrifices that must be made in relationships and it's not always going to be super rosy. And I think that knowing that that person will do that for you as well uh, is makes you feel better but at the same time relationships are not transactional so I would maybe do something for him and then sort of be like all right what are you going to do for me now um this was at the beginning (laughs) and he uh he doesn't work that way either he's like if I do something for you it's just about you know from the goodness of my heart I'm not keeping tally I'm not keeping score here and I was And that was a big reality check for me because, you know, my sweet actions towards him subconsciously perhaps were, um, you know, behind them was something like, I'm doing this for you so you can do something for me. And that's not healthy. (laughs) It's healthier to just do it because you want to expect nothing in return. And then it just feels good. That way, when that person does the thing back, eventually... It can feel good too, and it's not like a transaction. So I think sacrifice and not keeping score in a relationship is very important. The next thing is that sometimes you are going to be the person who needs more help, and um, you might need be the person that needs more help, and another time your partner might be somebody who needs more help. So I think swishing switching modes of like listener and um you know receiver wait that's the same thing but like talker and listener switching that back and forth and like maybe who's being helped at a certain time just switching that and knowing that like okay maybe this season I need a little bit more attention but there's going to come a point where he's going to need to have more attention and I'm going to need to be there for him as well that's been really beneficial for us. Um, I heard a saying one time that in every relationship, there is a gardener and there is a flower. And 100% the dynamic of our relationship usually is that I'm the flower and he's the gardener. I'm the one that is definitely like more moody, more emotional, needs more uh, self-care in her life. Like I definitely need to exercise and eat well and like do all these things to feel good, to feel my best. And he doesn't he's way more easygoing than me. So he helps me sort of become my best. Um, But at the same time, I also think it's healthy to allow him to be the flower sometimes and me be the gardener and switch that dynamic, even though it is not always like that. And that is okay. Um, The third thing, which is super important, which was a big issue for us at the beginning, is to learn the fighting style of your partner. So When we fought at the beginning, maybe a few months into the relationship after the honeymoon phase wore off, I have no idea what we fought about. We always fight about stupid stuff. Never anything that has to do with like us as people or our characters or our relationship. It's like, oh, you said this thing six months ago. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And then it just, 
escalates into something really big and like those are the type of fights that we have never anything real just like something stupid um so he's the type of person that wants to like when we fight and we get heated to step away and I'm the one that likes to just finish everything right there in the moment so at the beginning of our relationship he would just like leave not leave the house but just be like I need to go cool off and go in another room and that would drive me crazy crazy and I would you know it would not make me happy we would get into an even bigger fight because then we got into a fight because of that but then learning that that's just how he operates and he can say now if we we don't really fight that much anymore but you know he can say I need five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour or two hours to just sort of cool off and I will be ready to talk after and Sometimes I want to talk now and he will do that too. So again, sort of switching those modes, switching what is best at the time and sacrificing, see these all sort of overlap, is very important. But knowing the fighting style of the person, sort of like the love language, fighting style is important too. Um, And I think that we should all learn the style of the way our partner fights, because then when the fight comes up, you're like, oh, okay, I'm not taking this personally. This is really just how this person is. Um, The next thing is respect and having the utmost respect for your partner. And we have so much respect for each other. We have never name called or really done anything spiteful to each other in five years because that's always been part of our foundation to keep things very respectful. And like, we won't, you know, we know what bothers the other and we won't push that, especially in front of like other people. I see other couples sometimes like maybe the man uh, or one partner will poke fun at the other one in front of a lot of people, even though they don't like it or they say really mean things. And like, We never do that. And I trust him to know that that's never going to happen. And no matter what, we have respect and love and compassion for the other. And I think just keeping that respect is important because the moment that it goes away, it's like, that's it. It's gone. Not that it's not that like it's gone forever, but it's like, wow, you've crossed a boundary that like we've prided ourselves on maintaining So I think it's just really important to not have contempt, not have, um, you know, these, these terrible feelings towards each other, because that happens sometimes if you don't talk about stuff. So we talk about everything all the time. And, um, I think that that is one of the big reasons that our relationship is successful The last thing sort of goes along with what I just said, but that it, you know, share your story with your partner. Um, Tell them why you are the way that you are. Tell them your history, your relationship history, your history with your parents, your triggers, things that have happened to you, your addictions, like everything. Share that with them if you want to have a long-term healthy relationship. Derek knows everything about me, everything that I've been through, my eating disorders, my depression. I mean, he was there with me, you know, literally by my side as I was going through my rough, rough depression where I couldn't get out of bed. He was there for me, but he understood why I was going through it because I shared so many things with him. 
um, you know, the fact that I have like an addictive personality, all of these little things about me, every single thing he knows. I know everything about him. I know all of his triggers. I know what bothers him, what sort of tugs at his heartstrings in a negative way. And I can understand why he's feeling certain ways. So it took me a while to open up to him, probably about a year uh, to really open up and to, I mean, of course I told him things, but to tell him like my entire story of everything that's ever happened to me, um, which I haven't even obviously shared on this podcast completely. Um, but everything that's ever happened to me, he knows that's that way when like a trigger pops up, um, we can deal with it in the moment and he can understand why I feel that way. So that is super important. Um, but those are the top five things that I thought of today. I'm sure there will be more. And I'm so glad you guys tuned into this episode. If you are still listening, I missed you guys. I missed speaking into the microphone and we have a lot of interviews coming up with amazing people that I can't wait to share with you. We have mastermind stuff happening right now. Um, the mastermind is still open for enrollment. I have made it rolling enrollment. So reach out to me if you'd like to be in the mastermind. And the next big thing that is happening for me, for the business, is that Preplica Pro is opening up again. It's Preplica Pro 2.0. If you're not familiar with that, about a year ago, I released uh, my Preplica Pro free online cooking course. And some people said that they learned more from that than in an entire lifetime of cooking classes and cooking education, just from a free five-day course. Super basic. It's super practical and simple. I'm so passionate about it. I'm confident that this course will change your life. It is not open yet for enrollment. Um, it is totally free. It is going to be open sometime in March, which I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be this month. Probably in about two weeks from this episode, it's going to be available. So be on the lookout for that. I cannot wait. And Intuitive Cooking School is also going to be open too. And that's gonna, that's my paid six-week cooking course. Uh, it's Intuitive Cooking School 2.0. And if you are an NTP, you can actually get CEU credit if you take that course. So that is amazing. And I'm going to be talking a lot about cooking this month, you guys. Cooking and self-care, it all goes hand in hand. And cooking is the number one thing that you can do for your health. It does not have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be scary. It can be something that you can do every day to be present, to be joyful around your family. If you plan, if you have these strategies that I teach, these cooking methods. So be on the lookout for that. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. And if there's ever a question that you want answered, don't hesitate to reach out to me. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.